Coming up on Rude Radio Podcast, I've got a great special guest. Joel Richardson will be with us. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to want to miss this. Hang tight. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rude Radio Podcast. My special guest with us this week is, Joe, what would you call yourself, an evangelist? Would you call yourself a teacher? Probably teacher more than anything else, author, teacher. Okay. Well, author, teacher, then Joel Richardson is here with me. Joel, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me on. It's good well, to be with you. Great, great. Well, listen, you know, in uh, the podcast here, we like to try to get a little history on our guests that come on Shabbat Night Live. And so I understand that you have a interesting history when you were young uh, coming up. And uh, so tell us a little bit about Joel Richardson that uh, maybe somebody doesn't know. Yeah, there's a there's quite a lot that most people don't know. <laughs> Well, the same way with me, but I mean, <laughs> I was, you know, there's that, that game where you say three things and they have to guess which one of those three things is a lie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Joel Richardson, okay. <clears throat> I once was arrested for assaulting Steven Tyler, the lead singer to Aerosmith. That's one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I gotta write these down. Hold on a second. I'm not gonna be able to think of the other ones. That that's actually true. Oh, really? But um, <laughs> I, thankfully, I was able to get him the charges dropped to uh, disorderly conduct. Oh, okay. Long story, but uh, yeah. in any case, <laughs> um, I uh, I was raised nominally Catholic, so I'm a, I'm a Boston boy, South Shore, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. You can't tell uh, by the accent anymore. Yeah. But grew up South Shore, Massachusetts, very nominally Catholic. Um, I think I made first confession and uh, then my parents got divorced when I was like 11 or 12. So we stopped, mm. stopped going to church. And so, but in, nevertheless, despite any uh, disagreements that I have with the Catholic church, you know, I had a, a f- fairly positive foundation. You know, I liked Jesus and that sort of thing. But really for the next several years, I was just a typical hedonist, t- <laughs> typical 80s kid, you know. Yeah, so, sure. You know, I had a, I liked Jesus, but I also sort of worshiped Satan in a way that most heavy metal kids from the eighties did, yeah. you know, just for fun. Yeah. I mean, not really worship Satan, but, um, <laughs> in any case, I, I got saved at 19. It was a pretty radical, massive transformation. Uh, I actually got saved in a tent revival meeting. Oh, come on. Really? in, uh, on the outskirts. Well, actually in, in Memphis, Tennessee, it's a few blocks over from Graceland from, uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard. Okay. Were, were you there to go see Elvis or what were you, what were you doing in Memphis? So, okay. So a friend of mine, so I used to, we used to travel around and go to a lot of the Grateful Dead shows when uh-huh. I was a kid and so yeah. you know, travel around a bit. So a friend of mine was looking to buy cheap land in Arkansas or Tennessee and uh, so he was like, hey, I'm going for a, you know, a road trip. And so um, I still lived with my mother at the time. I left her a note. And I, she, she reminds me today, I left a note. It said, hey, Ma, went to go buy a mountain with Eric. I'll be back, I'll be back in a week or so. <laughs> so anyway, took off on a road trip. Mm-hmm. We ended up, um, there was a tent revival meeting pitched behind a Piggly Wiggly. Wow. Well, and that's the best place to pitch them. You right know, there. Good, right there. In the field. <laughs> And, uh, and it was hot. It was, uh, you know, late August. Um, you know, I was a 19 year old kid. We've been on the road 24 hours and 
literally, I said, Hey, you know, like we were saying, like, we need to like find a Taco Bell, wash up in the bathroom yeah, yeah. type of thing. We didn't have air conditioning in the truck. Yeah, and, sure. um, so then I said, Hey, I'm just going to have the preacher baptize me. In other words, just to cool off. And, uh, <laughs> I, th- I thought I was being clever, Yeah, but, um, then some of the folks that were there for the tent revival, I mean, it was a real inner city, you know, probably, I'm going to say like 90% Memphis, black uh, Pentecostal sure, sure. holiness. Just your, your typical Memphis, uh, Tennessee type of audience. Yeah. But just not something that a nominally Catholic hedonist Boston kid, I'm not used to Southern tent revival religion, you know, so it was just very, in any case, um, started talking to some of these guys and they picked up right away. You know, a lot of them were like, former gangbangers. And, you know, like I had a bag of weed in my pocket type of thing. They wrote me in to stay in for the meeting and, um, and, you know, and started witnessing to me. And I was intrigued. I was interested, but long story short, um, there was a lot of showmanship as uh-huh. is typical with tent revival meetings, sure. but there was some real stuff that was happening. And, um, I just remember the preacher had a powerful anointing reading from the words of, of um, John the Baptist in in Matthew, the axe at the root of the tree has already been laid, therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance for every branch that does not bear fruit will be cast into the fire. (laughs) And uh, the Lord just confronted me and he just said, your entire life is just a complete lie. And I said, yes, sir, you're, you're right. And I didn't really understood it, understand it, but I gave my life to the Lord that night and um, literally cold turkey, quit drugs, quit everything that night, immediately went into a three-day complete fast, no food wow. or water. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know you are supposed to drink water. <laughs> and uh, and that's where it all began. Yeah. So um, then shortly thereafter, I determined I wanted to go to Bible school and get into ministry. And I had a passion for missions um, a missionary came to our church and talked about the 1040 window, the Islamic yeah, world. exactly. And I committed my life probably two months after getting saved to the Muslim world. And um, it's obviously been a long road and journey since then, but the, the Lord really put a stamp on me pretty early on and uh, determined sort of my, my path going forward. You know, it's, it's amazing how, uh, you know, sometimes people like you didn't walk into that meeting expecting to have a life change. But when you got there, uh, God had a different plan. And uh, it's just it's just incredible to see how God works in people's lives uh, to make things different and to and to totally change people's life because your life wasn't headed where it is now. Your life was headed in a totally different direction. And then, as they say, a blink of an eye. Uh, God changed your life and changed your direction. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to former deadhead Joel Richardson, and we'll be right back here in just a moment.
back with Joel Richardson now, and I need to correct something I said as I was leaving. I said former Deadhead, and you and you told me during the commercial. Now wait a minute, I still love the, the, the Grateful Dead. <laughs> I do. I, I've I've got a real appreciate. I, I love bluegrass, country, God, like just. And I still love the Grateful Dead music, but just not for the drugs. That not was, for the drugs. <laughs> just the for the drug. music, yeah. Well, so tell me, Joel, about what you're doing right now. You know, we've had you as a guest on Shabbat Night Live several times, and every single time we have you on the program, people just absolutely uh, love the message that you have for them, the teachings and, and the information. But tell me about Joel today. What are you doing today um, in ministry and uh, anything else when you in your life? So interestingly, I, uh, I wrote my first book in 2003, 2004. What's the name of the book? It's Islamic Antichrist. Okay. So comparative analysis of biblical and Islamic views of the end times. Okay. And, uh, you know, it went on, became a New York times bestseller. Who would have guessed that? You know, I barely graduated <laughs> from, a vocational technical high school for welding and uh, became a New York Times bestseller. But I was determined, I had, um, after getting married, I had started a painting company and I was determined to be a tent maker. I I was a a, a tent maker. Well, well, in other words, to support myself by the work of my hands. I I never never wanted to be in professional ministry. I was in ministry, but I, I wanted to control my own life so that I can say what I want. Mm -hmm. There's no pressure on me, et cetera. And I did that for probably 15 years. I had a full-time painting company and I was traveling and ministering and so forth. And then I had a fellow reach out to me um, about 10 years ago and he said, you know, I've I've read some of your books. I I really would like to see you full-time name your salary. I'll pay it. Quit your job. I'll pay it. And, um, and he wow. pursued me for a solid year. I kept saying, no, you know, I've, I want to be a tent maker, et cetera. Yeah. And then finally he said, look, I'll give you $300,000. I just would like you to quit your job. I want you to write more, teach more, et cetera. And, um, I went to work, talked to my business partner and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Gave him my business, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so two months later, this gentleman died of a massive heart attack at age 54 well, actually, to finish the story, he said, wow. do you want it all up front or do you want it monthly? I said, well, monthly would be much easier to budget. Um, so the moral of the story is always get, get it up front. Get it all up front. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, I should make a joke. But in any case, yeah. that was actually how I shifted into full-time ministry. It was just a, a brother reached out and said, I really want. And he kept pursuing me, pursuing me, pursuing me. Finally, I just said, OK. And, and the Lord sort of pushed me out of the nest. Um, but what I've done in ministry is I have agreement with the Lord is I try not to ever promote myself. Mm-hmm. I do everything I can to use this platform that the Lord has given me to promote ministries that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And of course I can only handle so many, but I've, I've really connected with, um, one ministry called GCM global catalytic ministries. This is the most, um, viral underground network in Iran and Afghanistan and um, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, the Farsi-speaking world. Yeah. Um, and then another, another ministry called FAI, Frontier Alliance International, headquartered in Israel. Mm-hmm. And they're primarily working in Iraq, Syria, and uh, the Muslim world. So I have behind the scenes, you say, well, what are you, an author, teacher? I uh, Behind the scenes, I'm a missions guy. 
more than anything. You know, most people know me as a prophecy teacher, which I love talking about the return of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I've done everything I can to try to point everyone that listens to me. I go, hey, here's some great ministries. Connect with these guys. They go, well, you know, we want to donate to you. I go, well, if you want to, great. I'm not going to, you know, obviously everyone needs donations. Sure. But I, I point to other people. And so this is what I've been doing for the past 10 years. And the Lord has really honored it. He's really blessed it. And so as a result of that, I've been able to see some amazing things behind the scenes. But now you you go to these places. I mean, you don't just talk about these places, but you go basically in the, in the world's most hostile environment uh, for the Christian. You go there uh, to evangelize. Yeah, I mean, I go there most often more to support those workers that are giving themselves full time, you know, the real heroes. Um, and I, I view my life, I, I, I think the Lord wants me to experience anything that I preach. Mm. So one of the things that I'm called to do is to help people, free them of fear, um, you know, wrong ideas concerning Muslims. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of um, fear and prejudice and different things like that. And I go, hey, yeah, you know, like we disagree with regard to religious issues, but there's nothing to be afraid of. And so going places and this type of thing, that's part of, in a weird way, it's, it's part of my ministry from yeah. a prophetic perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is my heart is to see the gospel shared and proclaimed. I love Muslims. I love that they're such a God conscious, God focused people. Mm. In a lot of ways, they sometimes put, you know, American Christians, Messianic believers to shame and, um, and also have a heart obviously for the Jewish people and mm -hmm. just that part of the world, you know, the biblical part of the world, the rest of the world's important, but that's my primarily primary calling. So between talking about the return of Jesus, writing, teaching, and supporting different ministries, that, that pretty much summarizes what I do other than of course, having five kids and trying to take care, <laughs> take care of a family. Yeah. Would you do it again? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously it's painful. There's, you know, anytime you have a real calling on your life, there's going to be suffering that comes with it. But yeah, of course, yeah, of course I'd do it again. I'll just do it better next time. That's right. <laughs> We're talking to New York, uh, New York bestseller list author and teacher, Joel Richardson. We'll be right back in just a minute. In Matthew's account of the gospel, Yeshua says that we are the light of the world. But in some parts of the world, the darkness we are to expose is more intense than we can imagine. Making the gospel relative, I don't believe, is conducive to making disciples. We're not supposed to be relative. We're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be the answer to a lost and dying world. Sharing experiences about his work to bring the Torah to Native American people here at home and to enslaved young women in the darkest reaches of India and Pakistan, Rodney Thompson brings a wake-up call to apathetic believers in Dealing with Darkness. Dealing with Darkness is our gift to thank you for supporting A Rude Awakening International. When you donate $50 to this ministry in March, we'll send you Dealing with Darkness on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll send you Dealing with Darkness, plus an olive wood mezuzah from Israel, featuring the Shema in Hebrew and English, inscribed both on the wood and written on a scroll inside. Donate $300 and we'll send you three gifts, 
Dealing with Darkness, the Olivewood Shema Mezuzah, plus a 10-inch decorative butterfly bowl featuring vibrant hand-painted artwork by artists in Israel. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Get these exclusive thank you gifts when you make a donation to support A Rood Awakening International in March. Call 888-766-3610 or get your gifts online with a donation at monthlylovegift.com. Once again, we're back with Joel Richardson. And Joel, uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, what you've been doing now. But I'd like to really focus this segment on where is Joel going in the future? Now, we've kind of we've, we've heard your heart a little bit, but I'd love for you to share that a little bit more as well as what you're doing uh, overseas. Now, when I see when I hear Joel Richardson, I'm always thinking about uh, the work that you're doing in uh, the Arabic lands in Israel and stuff. And you have such a diverse history uh, that uh, comes along with that. Talk to me a little bit about what you're going to be doing in the future and what you have done in uh, overseas in the Arab world. So by the grace of God, you say, well, what are you going to be doing in the future? By the grace of God, I'll just continue doing what I'm doing faithfully and enduring until the end. Yeah. As we all are. Yeah. You know, the thing, I'm, I'm, in a lot of ways, I'm a planner and I, I like to have a vision of what I'm doing. Um, past couple of years, my wife has been uh, really, really sick. Um, it's been. And, and I'd love to pray for your wife before, when this is over with. I'd love for us to sit back and take just a moment here in the program and, and pray for your wife as well. I appreciate that. But, um, you know, so it's been some incredible um, lessons learned about myself and just a lot of different things. And as I mentioned earlier, I think in my own life, I'm called to walk things out that I'm called to preach. Mm -hmm. And so really, look, with some friends of mine, you know, that we talk about prophecy and world events a lot. I said the other day, I said, you know, we have been saying for a long time now that we're in the 1930s mm. using the World War II analogy. And I go, I think we've been saying that for more than 10 years now. Yeah. The clock is ticking and it's, you know, I always used to say, uh, well, it's, you know, they used to have the midnight clock, you know, where it says it's uh, one minute to midnight and all this other stuff. Well, <laughs> I think we're getting closer to 30 seconds now. Yeah. It's, you know, I used to say the storms are on the horizon and now yeah. I say the storms aren't on the horizon anymore. They are over our homes. The storms yeah. are here. Yeah. Yes. They're going to get worse. So with all that to say is I am doing my best to help the church prepare to face the, the, the much greater storms that are already upon us to endure faithfully until the end. And um, part of that is, for example, right now, um, I teach on YouTube and on uh, the Frontier Alliance app and, you know, of course, do all sorts of other things. But I've got about 30 sessions lined up we're going to talk about the pre-tribulational rapture. I genuinely believe this is one of the greatest demonic strongholds in the church. Mm. Um, it's a genuine doctrine of demons. Yes. Um, and that doesn't mean that people believe it or demonize or anything like that. I'm not insulting anyone. I'm just saying it's a dangerous doctrine pastor, from a pastoral perspective. And so preparing the church to face 
the great trials that are ahead, preparing the church for the return of Jesus, preaching the gospel. You say, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Just that, get people excited about the gospel, about being faithful, about about um, reviving that Maranatha cry, come Lord Jesus. Mm. That's really my life call, my life focus. And uh, But in terms of the way other things will work out, you know, my wife's health or my health or this, like these are all, who knows? Oh yeah. But the general picture is I just want to live and proclaim endurance, patience, faithfulness, and the fear of the Lord and try to appropriate that into my own life as much as uh, with all the strength that I have. What's your wife's first name again? Amy. Amy. You know, uh, Joel, I feel, you know, uh, Joel's been a wonderful friend to A Rude Awakening. We have uh, certainly, uh, you know, followed your career and followed what you're doing in ministry. And we just thank you for what you're doing. But I'd like to take, uh, you know, the next minute or so and just and just pray and uh, just pray for supernatural healing with Amy and stuff. So can we do that right now? Can we just can we pray for just a moment? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just we just come to you today. We come as a uh, unified front, Father. And uh, you said wherever two or more are gathered here, it shall be done. And Father, we're just asking right now. We're praying for Amy. We're praying for supernatural healing. Father God, we're just asking that any pain that Amy is experiencing today, that it is lifted off of her today, Father, that it is no longer here. And we just thank you for that, Father. We thank you for Joel's strength. We thank you for uh, everything he has been able to handle and endure. And Father, we just ask today that you give him further strength and, and happiness and joy, Father. And we just ask that for both Joel and Amy right now, Father, that you just turn this into a testimony for them, Father, and we just thank you for that. In Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 I just felt led, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, every now and again, you got to stop and you got to pray because I think that's one of the biggest things that, um, now I think we may have talked about this earlier in our in our uh, planning meetings this morning for Shabbat Night Live. I think, you know, the world's got to stop for just a minute and start getting back right with God. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a very, very important thing. Um, but, you know, Joel, you're doing an important work. And I want you to know that uh, uh, there are a lot of people out there that recognize that. And uh, we all just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving on the Muslim people. Thank you for loving on the Jewish people. Thank you for loving on Christians. Just thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. It's important. And uh, if you've ever needed confirmation that it is, I'm giving it to you right now. I appreciate it very much. Appreciate it very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with uh, New York bestselling author uh, and teacher, Joel Richardson. We'll be right back in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Joel Richardson. And Joel, listen, if somebody wanted to get in touch with your ministry or find out more information like where to get books and, and stuff like that, how would they get in touch with you and how would they find this stuff? So, um, yeah, online I've got a website. It's called joelstrumpet.com. Uh, it's a bit outdated right now. I think if you click on the link, they'll just a picture will pop up of like a, 
half eaten chicken bone or something, but <laughs> I need to, I need to update the website, but, um, it's not that or a bad. grateful dead, uh, record cover no, or something no, no. like that. Yeah. That's on my Twitter. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So on Twitter, I think I'm Joel seven Richardson at Joel seven Richardson and uh, Twitter is, this is the only social media I use. I don't have, well, I guess I do have a ministry Facebook page. I, I never go to it. Someone else runs that for me. Um, okay. but mainly to find me, I'm on YouTube. So if you just type in Joel Richardson, my own channel pops up, but I also teach with, uh, a handful of friends with, uh, Dalton Thomas, and mm, it's okay. Frontier Alliance International. And so we are, we're putting out a teaching every single day. Um, and much of it is about the last days, the return of Jesus and, uh, and this type of thing. So yeah, YouTube, Twitter, joelstrumpet.com. And, um, other than that, I'm out in the woods running around. Um, you won't be able to find me. <laughs> Well, Joel, thank you so much for being with us. You're a blessing. And please uh, let Amy know we're praying every day uh, for her returned health and, and uh, strength. And we just thank you so much. We thank you for being here. We thank you for the work that you're doing. And, um, you know, just always know we're here for you at, at Root Awakening. Thank you so much. The appreciation is mutual. I, uh, I love you guys very much. All right. Well, once again, thanks, Joel, for being here. And uh, I'd like to thank my audio producer, Jacob Tesler, today being here with me. And, uh, you know, folks, thank you so much. We really appreciate you watching and listening. And uh, until next time, this is Ted Clayton saying thanks a lot. We'll see you later. Bye bye now. <laughs>